Welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Certified Financial Planner Stephen Strickland from Wise Wealth LLC. In this podcast, we help individuals and couples plan for a peaceful and enjoyable retirement. Join us on this journey where we explore the importance of simplifying the retirement planning process as Stephen, with his years of experience and expertise in retirement income planning, along with guest experts, will help you achieve first wisdom, then wealth. And don't forget to check out the Simplify Your Retirement online course and other great resources at SimplifyYourRetirement.com. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Stephen Strickland from Wise Wealth. Good morning, Stephen. How are you? Morning, Eric. Doing great. How are you? I am fantastic as usual. I'm, I'm excited great. about today's podcast. I'll, I'll be honest. Audience, Stephen sends me some notes ahead of time and all that, and, and he's really done a great job of mapping out the first 12 podcasts. So this is actually number 12, the first 12 podcasts that he has produced. And this really goes hand in hand with an online course that we've talked about on many podcasts. This podcast specifically is choosing a financial advisor. And it's interesting to me when I, when I first saw this, I was like, man, that, that could have been the first podcast, right? <laughs> could have been, this is why you choose right. them. But with all the information that Stephen has done over the last 12 podcasts, this is the beautiful way to wrap it up because this really plays into the online course that he's got. All the information that you've heard so far from the first 11 podcasts before today's, it really should show you how to choose a financial advisor or why it's so important because of all that information, you have to have somebody who's highly educated, knows and understands all the ins and outs of the financial industry, is going to take a personal look at your situation and know what you want because of the discussions that you have and then be able to help you form the future that you're really looking forward to. And so that's why it's so important. I, I love the fact that you put this one at number 12, Stephen. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate it. And I think you uh, recapped it very well and you uh, explained why we put it at the end and not at the beginning. You know, if you put it at the beginning, everyone, you know, they may not understand the need mm-hmm. uh, to actually have an advisor or have a planner, but now hopefully everybody understands how important it is. Yeah, I think so. So choosing a financial advisor, obviously very important. Where do we start today with that? Yeah, I think it's very important uh, that we look at the different types of financial advisors that are out there. And and I in the course, uh, you mentioned the online course that we have that people can uh, take. It's over 10 hours of video instruction at simplifyyourretirement.com. And uh, we end our course, sometimes we teach it you know, through the online version, sometimes we do it as a two-day, five-hour course, a live course. But no matter when we teach it, where we teach it, we always end by talking about choosing a financial advisor, but we also want everyone to understand the difference between the types of advisors that are out there. Mm -hmm. Just like a lot of other things that we've talked about in these podcasts, some things are confusing to people and they don't need to be. We've talked about different uh, different products and different types of portfolios and things like this that tend to get complicated. And so if you look at the name of our podcast here, Simplify Your Retirement, We're trying to take all these things and make it very simple. One of the things that I think is very complicated to most people that are consumers that are not in our industry is what are all these different types of financial advisors out there and does it matter? Mm -hmm. And, And the purpose of this podcast is to say, yes, it does matter. Not every quote unquote financial advisor is created equal. And it doesn't mean that one is better than another. It just means that everyone needs to know the difference so you know what type of advice you're getting 
and you know how they get paid and that sort of stuff. So I, I always like to talk about this just because I, I like to give just the general overview of all the types that are out there, maybe the designations, the types of licenses, so people know what to look for. And I think people find it very empowering. And Stephen, I, so I, I, I love by, the fact that yeah. you're a very humble guy, but you may not want to say that it doesn't mean that one's necessarily better than another one. I will say it is. <laughs> that is absolutely, in my experience, working with as many advisors as, as I have, the designations, the licenses, the types of advisors that are out there, there is a huge difference on how well they're going to work for a client. So you, I know that you, you, <laughs> you, you want to be kind, but I'm not going yeah. to be as nice as you are because there's I a huge difference. That. Yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> One thing I want to make sure that everybody I get across in the beginning here, too, is that, you know, when I talk about choosing a financial advisor, choosing a financial planner, first of all, I want to say that this is as in direct opposition to using a online robot. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. These robo advisors that are out there. Some people think, well, I can just go online and I can just, you know, fill out the questionnaire. Or I can do different things like this. And there's, there's robos out there. And what I know about computers and robots is that they have a brain. Uh, but they do not have a heart. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and the nice thing you want to talk to a financial planner that has both, you know, someone who has a brain and a heart, they've got eyes, they've got ears, they can hear what you're saying. They've got a mouth, they can ask you the right questions and they can just lead you through the entire process. And that's, what's very important. And a financial planner that can get the most from you to get the most for you. And uh, there is no robot that can do that. There is no online uh, virtual type of, you know, uh, just the generic computer version that can help people through this, even though a lot of the big firms out there advertise it. Yeah. And that's really why I'm saying that there's this whole push that you, you can just do all this stuff on, on your own. So it's just like going to WebMD. You can go to WebMD and get a lot of information, but you still can't go to WebMD and, and, and do surgery on yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you can go out there and there's a lot of great financial information, but still when it comes time to, especially in the preservation and distribution phase, when you're getting ready to retire, I think it's important to talk to a specialist, someone that you can talk to and see and trust. So when it comes to different sorts of financial advisors out there, the first thing is there's a difference in licenses. So let me just talk about licenses just for a minute. Mm -hmm. There are some financial advisors that are insurance only agents. And there are some advisors that are investment only advisors. I like to tell people the story. When I first got started in the business, my first job in the financial services field was with an insurance company. It was an insurance company that was dealing directly with teachers. And my business card, when I worked for this insurance company, used to say financial representative. Okay, and when I hand this card to people, I was helping people plan for retirement. But in reality, I only had an insurance license. I did not have a securities license. Mm. I could not offer to anybody investments. I can only offer them insurance products. But my business card said financial representative. Okay. And so this is where the confusion comes in. Yeah. Uh, most people may have assumed, okay, this guy's a financial representative. He can really help me with everything. Well, no, I, I was a financial representative of this insurance company. And did it didn't matter what you said. There's only a certain amount of products that I could offer to someone, which is why I quickly moved on to my next you know, job in the industry. And that was as an investment advisor in a major national brokerage firm in America. When I went there, my business card said financial advisor. Okay. And so I would talk to people and help them plan for retirement. And, uh, and it, my business card said financial advisor, but in reality, this company didn't want me doing insurance. It was mm -hmm. only investments. I was focused on investments, not insurance. 
again, I'm talking to people and I'm realizing, okay, investments are good and they're the right thing for certain aspects, certain periods of times and insurance is right for the other ones, which is why ultimately after a couple of years in the industry, one time working for an insurance only company, one time working for an investment only company, which is why I decided to be what I call full service, mm -hmm. which means duly licensed. I have an insurance license and an investment license, securities license. My firm that I started, we offer both insurance products and investment products. And so my point here at the beginning is to let everybody know just because someone has a business card that says financial representative or financial advisor doesn't mean they're objective. It doesn't even mean that they're able a lot of times to offer the full range of investment options between insurance and investments like you might think they could. Okay. And a lot of times you can tell, and this is one of the hardest parts in the industry that really bothers me. Sometimes you'll listen to the radio and uh, there'll be people on there and, you know, they tend to focus on one product. Let's say it's an annuity person and they just think annuities, 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 everyone's shown an annuity. It doesn't matter what you say. You're shown annuity and investments are casinos and gambling. And you, you probably can guess that that person is an insurance only licensed individual. Mm -hmm. They're probably not securities licensed. But then you have securities licensed people out there and they have their radio shows and they have their newsletters and they put their stuff in people's mailboxes that say, don't ever buy insurance, only buy the stock market. Stock market you can't lose and blah, blah, blah. And, and insurance is a, is a scam and all these things. You can probably guess that they're probably not insurance licensed. They're only securities licensed. Yeah. And so one of the biggest confusing things in the industry is there's people out there who, who are very, very good salespeople Okay. And they're very, very good at pushing the products that their firm recommends in really downplaying the other. And I think that's too bad. Mm -hmm. I think in the industry, there is a place and we've done it through these 12 podcasts where we talked about where, you know, where does insurance fit in? Where do investments fit in? And they both fit in. It just depends on what stage of life you're in, what your need is and those sorts of things. So that's why I want to start off by saying, you ought to understand the licenses that advisors have. Some people have insurance, some people have investments and securities, some people have both. And I'm just going to say it, you know what I mean? I think since uh, if you really want objective advice, you do need to talk to someone that offers both. I agree. Insurance and investments. That's the only way you're going to get objective advice. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Like the advisor doesn't have a vested interest in one or the other. So that's one. So it's, it's important to be aware of that. There's different types of licenses out there. Another one is there's different types of agents in advisors out there. Some are what we call a captive when some of them are independent. So a captive agent or a captive advisor is someone really who is an employee agent or advisor of the company. What that means is their loyalty and their obligation is to the firm, not necessarily to the client. And so as a, a captive agent, you can only normally represent the products that that firm offers. Mm -hmm. or the funds that that, you know, mutual fund company offers and that sort of stuff. It doesn't mean again, that their, their products are bad. It doesn't mean that the people who work for these are bad people. It just means they're going to be by nature limited. And so there's also independent advisors and agents. All that means is that they're not limited. They can literally almost represent every single potential insurance product, every potential investment type of product. And so it's just important to be aware when you're looking for a financial advisor, a financial planner, that you look for someone who is, in my opinion, look for someone who's independent, someone who's not hindered, someone not limited.
Yeah, I think I, I mean, this is going to be very simplistic, but I liken it to a shoe salesman, right? If, if you've got a shoe salesman that sells Nike, well, great. There's, there's a lot of different types of Nikes that they can sell, but what if somebody comes in like a nurse who is looking for a new balance or something that is going right. to be better for walking all day long. That's more therapeutic for their feet because nurses on average, they, uh, during a 12 hour shift, I don't know if you know this, Stephen, but they walk, they walk about five miles. Isn't that crazy? Oh, wow. Five miles that is crazy. in a 12. So if you go to a Nike salesman, great. They have a lot of different shoes, but maybe they don't have the one that fits you. And I think that that's, that's right. exactly what you're saying is that you've got to have somebody that can go from all these different types of products and, or plans and say, okay, this is what's going to fit your specific needs because they take the time to listen to you. And if you've got somebody who's captive, I don't think that can happen. That's a great analogy. A really good one that just explains, yeah, the importance of going to someone who has all the options available to them. That way they can find the, you know, the best one for you and they're, they can be objective and, uh, and literally do what's in your best interest. So mm -hmm. I like that one. It's a good one. So there's different licenses out there. There's different types of advisors. So then there's different standards in the industry. One thing I will say is that the, the standards in the industry are getting better for the clients and better for the consumers. Basically, there's two types of standards that are out there. There's one called a suitability standard, and one is called a fiduciary standard. The suitability standard is the one that most you know, broker-dealers have adhered to for a long time, and that is basically you just have to make sure that the recommendations you're giving to a client is something that matches their you know, risk tolerance, their age, their risk profile. And that's it. As long as it's something that is suitable for that person at that age, it doesn't matter what the recommendation is. It doesn't matter if it's in the advisor's or the agent's best interest or the client's best interest. All that matters is that it is an appropriate investment for a person's age and risk tolerance. Whereas a fiduciary takes that to another, another level. And a fiduciary's obligation is to say, not only is, does the product or the investment or the insurance recommendation the right thing for this client based on their age and risk profile, but it's also of all the products that I could show them, this one is actually in their best interest. Mm. So it's really called, you know, best interest. It's really a fiduciary standard is basically acting on the client's best interest behalf. And so it's important to, to understand that not every person who claims to be a financial advisor is a fiduciary. Uh, there's a lot of advisors that their only standard is to, to do what is suitable. And again, it doesn't mean that the person whose obligation is to do what is suitable is not acting as a fiduciary. They certainly could be a, a good person that always wants to do the right thing. It's just that they're not obligated to do so. And so a fiduciary has a obligation to make sure that the advice that they're giving, the recommendations they're providing are in the best interest of the client. And so obviously I would just say to everybody, you know, listening to the podcast, you want to work with someone who is a fiduciary just to ensure that you're getting advice that is in your best interest. Yep. If you're working with a registered investment advisor firm, they're going to be a fiduciary. If you're dealing with a certified financial planner, they're going to act as a fiduciary. And so it's just important, again, that most people just, they may assume everyone's doing this and it's just important to understand in the industry, there's a difference in our obligations. Another one that I think is important for people to understand is that financial, how do financial advisors get paid? Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's a surprise to anybody <laughs> that financial advisors do get paid. 
Oh, yeah. So I don't think it's a surprise to anybody listening to the podcast today that financial advisors actually do get paid. But I think what's confusing to some people is how are they getting paid? And so generally speaking, financial advisors, whether it's insurance or investments, are going to get paid in one of a couple ways. One is they're going to get paid commissions. Another way they could get paid is by fees. Okay. And so if someone is a commission based person, that means that, you know, if they offer you a set of mutual funds or investments, they're going to let you know that once you put the money in here, we buy these funds, it's going to be X percentage right off the top. And that's where we're going to get paid. You should always know what that, that is Mm -hmm. uh, because that's going to come right out of your pocket. Some commissions are paid from insurance companies. So for example, if someone bought a life insurance policy, or someone bought an annuity contract, sometimes the insurance company will pay the advisor or the agent, and that's fine. It's not coming out of your pocket. So everyone either gets paid by commission. If the commission is coming from your pocket or from your investment account, you definitely ought to know what that number is before it happens. Other way you get paid is by fees. You know, some advisors and and most financial advisors are going this direction, and that is they're just going to charge a fee, a flat fee for the assets that they manage. Generally speaking, it might be around 1% of the assets that they manage. And so that person who's charging a fee is not going to charge a commission. You do one or the other. And the fee-based advisor, someone who's charging a fee for the assets they manage, are charging a fee and their, their, their job or their role for taking that fee is not only to build you a portfolio that's in your best interest, to build your portfolio that is taking on the least amount of risk for the rate of return you're trying to get. That's what mm-hmm. they should be doing. That fee should also involve ongoing education and advice. It's not just the portfolio management. It's the, it's the ongoing advice and education and actually investor behavior coaching. Mm. It's, it's, it's making sure that people stay invested. And I know we had a podcast about this a few podcasts ago, and that is, A lot of times people's worst enemy when it comes to investing is not the stock market. It's not volatility. It's ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the biggest jobs that a a good financial advisor has is encouraging clients and coaching clients to stay disciplined even when it feels like you shouldn't. And and I'm making a long point to, to say to people that if you have an advisor that does that for you, that 1% fee is, is worth more than what it costs the average investor to not have it. Some people look at, you know, hmm. financial advice and say, well, I could save the 1% fee. I always tell everybody, well, there's a big difference between a fee and a cost. For the average investor, it's costing them a lot more than 1% a year to not pay the fee. You'd be better off paying the yeah. 1% fee getting a great portfolio, getting the coaching, getting the advice, as long as you're getting those things and you should be getting those things, then it's actually less expensive, less costly than what it costs the average person who tends to do things on their own, buy and sell and get in and out. Okay. So then there's some advisors that do both. They might, they might accept a commission from an insurance company, but only charge fees for what they're managing for you. And so that would be a fee based advisor. So you're either commission only, you're either fee only, or your fee-based. Fee-based advisor means they don't ever charge you commissions, but they could earn a commission, let's say, from a sale of a life insurance policy, but they only charge fees for the assets that they're actually managing. Okay. My, my recommendation, Eric, in general, is that you use an advisor that charges a fee. And the reason I believe that is because typically, you know, if you pay someone a commission up front for mutual funds or for investments, 
Uh, it's normally a larger fee up front, and the, but the issue is not just that. It's the, it's the fact that anytime a change needs to be made, another commission is earned. And so it puts you in a bad position. It puts the advisor mm. in a bad position to try to make different recommendations because they know they're going to get paid, but it also means every time something needs to change, you're going to have to pay. Whereas a fee-based advisor should be able to make changes in that portfolio anytime for your best interest, and it's not going to cost you anything for, to make those changes. And I like the, the fee-based approach, the fee-only approach, simply because the advisor then has a vested interest in the client's portfolio. So if you think about this just for a minute, if someone came in and they said, you know, I've got $100,000, I want you to invest this for me. And, you know, let's just say the commission is 5% up front, we earn $5,000, the rest of the money goes in, 95000 gets invested. Now, all of a sudden, the performance of that 95000 the performance of the investment has no impact on the advisor. True. The advisor already got paid, okay? And he actually got paid almost five years in advance. If the average advisor charges 1% a year, it would take him five years to get 5%. That's one thing. But the other thing is, once you get the advice, you hope it's good advice. We all hope it's going to work, but it really has no impact on the person that just got the commission. Mm-hmm. Whereas the fee-based advisor, if he's charging or she's charging 1% per year, first of all, it takes an entire year to get that 1%. Second of all, they're eating their own cooking, which just means that they have a vested interest in that portfolio. They ought to believe in that portfolio. That's how they're yeah. going to get paid. If that portfolio performs well, they're going to get paid more. If it performs poorly, they're going to get paid less. And that's really the way that it should be. Yeah, you I agree. an advisor that's sitting on the same side of the table. Yeah, absolutely. So that's important. These are all things that a lot of people, I think, are afraid to ask. They really don't know, and they just think that everyone's the same. You know, But we've already looked at not everyone's the same. There's different licenses. There's different types of advisors, captive versus independent. There are different uh, standards, suitability versus fiduciary, and there's different ways you know, advisors get paid, commissions or fees or mm-hmm. fee-based. And then finally, you're, there's just different designations that are out there. There are a lot of great ones. And I'm just going to put a plug in right now for the certified financial planner designation. And I think it's a, I think it's a, a very, very important designation. And a lot of, I know a lot of consumers, a lot of people look at people's initials after their name. And the assumption is they're all the same or really doesn't make a big difference. But I would just say that the certified financial planner designation in the financial industry as an advisor is one of the most esteemed ones. It's one of the more difficult ones to get. There is a exam requirement. There is an ethics requirement. There's an educa- education requirement and an experience requirement. So you can't just graduate from high school and become a fi- certified financial planner. You have to have a bachelor's degree to, to become a certified financial planner. You have to have a certain number of years of experience. You have to have ongoing education. You have to maintain certain ethics. And a certified financial planner in and of itself means that they are a fiduciary. So all things being equal, I recommend since there is such a thing, people should talk to a certified financial planner. That being said, I, I, I know that there's a lot of great financial advisors that are out there that are not certified financial planners, but they're still acting like one. They're trying to do the right thing. They're, they are educated. They are experienced. They maybe have not taken the exam yet or something like that. But I just think that people need to know that there's a big difference between the designations and what a CFP stands for. And, uh, and that's one that I would look for if I'm looking for financial advice. 
Yeah, I, I would echo that 100%. For the listeners, I think Stephen and I have talked about Investopedia before. It is an educational website. It has nothing to do with Stephen. It has nothing to do with me uh, or the podcast. It truly is an independent site. But their, their role is to kind of educate investors, educate uh, people that uh, of what the different terminology is out there. And if you look up CFP on that site, there's actually a great article from this year, February of 2020, why your financial advisor should be a CFP. And then it really mm. kind of tells you about what the CFP is. It, there, it also says something yeah. very interesting. There's over 100 designations available for financial pre- for financial professionals. Over a hundred <laughs> certifications. Amazing, that's, I know. That's uh, that's crazy to me. And yep. the, the thing is, is the, like the article says, the CFP kind of rises to the top. It's 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 mm-hmm. in my opinion, my own opinion, it is the best designation that a, a financial planner can have because it is so robust. It is so difficult mm-hmm. to get, uh, and it holds them to a higher standard. So, check that out. Don't take our yeah. word for it. Do your own research. But I think it's it's up there. Yeah, very good point. And that's why uh, it's so confusing when you look at all these, th- these things. And that's really, you know, why we're talking about this today, just so to cut through the confusion of all these things, including the 100 different <laughs> designations that are out there. Very important. I appreciate you mentioning that. Yeah. And then I would just, I'll, I'll just let everybody know, you know, I mean, obviously, our firm, if you have a firm that's, you know, run by a certified financial planner, that works too, because then everything that goes through that person's firm is going to be run through that same uh, you know, Matrix Wise Wealth, which is the name of the firm that uh, I, I started here. We certainly are, as people are thinking about the podcast, I'll let you know what we are. We are independent. We are full service. We're not owned by any insurance or investment companies. We can do, uh, we can do insurance and investments. We're not captive. We're independent. We are a fiduciary. We are fee-based. And I'm a certified financial planner. So I just like the people to know, you know, where are you in regards to all those things we just talked about? And that's what we are here at Wise Wealth. And not every firm is that. And I think it's important. And I would just say to everybody here listening to this podcast, from a personal standpoint, I I can let you know that when I decided to start our firm called Wise Wealth, I did all these things on purpose. I've been in the industry. I've seen what other people do. I've heard what other people do. I was some of these things in the past. And so when I had an opportunity to start my own firm, I said, what's important? And these were the things that were extremely important to me, being independent, offering insurance and investments, being a fiduciary, and being Mm fee-based. So none of those things were by accident. Lastly, before we end this podcast, I just want to make sure I also remind people that you ought to, once you go through, and, and this is 12, number 12 out of 12 that I would, I would consider part of a series of laying the groundwork for a retirement income plan, simplifying your retirement. If this is someone's first podcast listening to us, I would say you should go back and listen through one through 11, because once we're at this point, you're at the point where you know, you know how to put together a plan. You want this sort of plan. You need to make sure you find an advisor and then just don't procrastinate. You know, a lot of people sit around and they, they hear different things in the radio, TV, magazines, whatever. They listen to podcasts like this and then they don't take the next step. Some people are afraid because of fees. And, and we've talked about that a little bit today. Uh, some people think they can do it alone. And there's a lot of financial planning and decisions you can do alone, but you cannot find products, the portfolios on your own. Uh, some people think, listen to the podcast today, they might say, well, I already have an advisor. And, uh, you know, I would just say to you to remember what we talked about, and that is not every advisor is the same. 
And especially if you look back at what we talked about, the three-bucket three bucket approach. Sometimes people will come to us and say, well, I already have an advisor, and but I've never heard this before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one's ever talked about planning like this. And I say, well, you know what I mean? Uh, you can't teach your advisor how to do planning like this. So you need to find an advisor who does it uh, like this. Some, some people don't know who they can trust. And that's obviously the number one factor. Find an advisor that you can trust and then trust them. Some people are afraid of change. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just easier just to stay where you're at. But if you have the right planner who can, who can ask the right questions and guide you every step of the way to, to lead you to peace of mind, that's ultimately what the advisor should do, the planner should do. So you don't have to be afraid of change. And the last one I look at is paralysis by analysis. Some people will take our course sometimes and they'll say, oh, this is great. This is awesome information. And we know that there's a big difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge, you know, makes you smarter and that has value in and of itself. But wisdom is when you, you, when you make practical use of that knowledge, when you put it to use, when you make decisions. And so you, you don't have to say, well, now I got to go out there and I got to figure all this stuff out on my own. <laughs> I'm going to go to different websites. You, you can do that. But really the time you should be analyzing anything is when it comes time to actually make a decision when you have recommendations given to you. And it's time for decisions to be made. So I just want to encourage everybody on this call, listening to the podcast today, to to find a planner, find the types of advisor that you want, and then follow through. One of the things I've learned in life as a business owner in a lot of areas of my life, and that is success comes from activity, not from analysis. Mm -hmm. You have to do something. And so that's really the purpose of this podcast today to say, follow through. Obviously we're here, wisewealth.com. Our our team of financial advisors can help anybody listen to the podcast. And certainly there may be some in other areas as well. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic way to end this podcast, Stephen. Thank you so much. And again, just reminding people that they, that course, the online course is available at your website. Can you give the website one more time? Yes, for the online course, uh, we need, everyone needs to go to simplifyyourretirement.com. That's simplifyyourretirement.com. And it'll have a lesson. The final lesson of that course is actually in what we talked about today. So it's over 10 hours of video instruction, and they can take it all online. Fantastic. Stephen, thank you again for your time today. It was great to be with you, Eric. All right. And always, the last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Simplify Your Retirement podcast with Stephen Strickland. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Steven comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Wise Wealth, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Simplify Your Retirement podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of WiseWealth LLC or Simplify Your Retirement. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of a financial advisor or other qualified financial professionals with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.